we are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast are at your fingertips, just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Your Health is Your Choice, right here at selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, my wonderful guest, and I've been so looking forward to this show, is Dr. Peter Small. It's all about coughs. We think we know everything about a cough. We, oh, is it mold? Is it allergies? Is it the flu? Is it COVID? And we panic all the time and really don't, don't really know enough about what our cough is and what caused it and what we can do about it. And we are going to find out today. Dr. Peter Small, MD, built and ran a, a tuberculosis uh, program for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and conducted pioneering modular, uh, I'm not even going to try and do this do epidemiologic research thank you thank you research at stanford university he's spoken at the g3 summit and long focused on the use of innovation to improve healthcare around the world uh, founded by the global health institute and worked on the use of technology to improve healthcare delivery in remote madagascar and nepal he is currently chief medical officer of hyfe hyfe the global leader in ai powered cough detection and classification. Today, this is just some of the things we're going to be discussing, coughs and coughing, airborne diseases, chronic uh, cough, threat, uh, treating coughs, types of coughs, acoustic epidemia, um, using diagnostic tools, facts about coughs, understanding coughs and coughing, talking with your doctor about your coughing, surprise facts about coughs and diagnosing illnesses through coughs. Um, as an asthmatic for nearly 66 years, um, I know this side of the coughing, <laughs> most certainly. And uh, just a quick story, I remember interviewing a wonderful woman, a mother of 15 children, thank God it was her. And in the middle of it, I had an asthma attack. And I had actually never seen myself have an asthma attack. And I didn't realize how much you contort, how much the body restricted, you know, my eyes were bulging and this and that. And she's just so calm on the other side, take your time, dear. It's okay, dear. And I had my coughing spasm, used my ventilum, got my lungs back and proceeded with the show. Thank God it was her. But it is, um, it is something that can be quite debilitating. Um, and can have for some people a real control over their lives and they just don't know what's causing it. So welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to this one. Well, thanks so much for having me on your show, Sarah. So coughs, the very many ones of them, how much of this is you know, just what is in our environment. Maybe we're allergic to a tree or maybe it's the mold in our old houses or, you know, somebody's perfume down the block. I mean, how do we know what causes the cough? And are there different types of coughs? Well, yeah, cough is actually fascinating in that it's both uh, normal and healthy to cough. And it's also a symptom of disease. So, uh, if you never cough, you will probably die of aspiration pneumonia. And yet, if you're coughing a lot, you may be in the process of dying from aspiration pneumonia. <laughs> so it's a little bit complicated. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a symptom which uh, is, is it, there's like no 120 over 80 in cough. Uh, it's not like there's a normal amount of coughing. Everyone coughs a little bit. You know, when uh, a glass of water goes down the wrong pipe, you'll cough and you can't stop coughing until your lungs are cleared out. And that's very good. But for many people, cough is a problem. And and in fact, cough is the number one reason that people seek medical care. Uh, and, and often that is... Uh, a, an ungratifying encounter in, in no small part because despite living in this era of personalized and quantified health, we simply don't measure cough. So you'll go in and the doctor will take your blood pressure, they'll measure your weight, they'll, 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 they'll record the respiratory rate. Uh, if you're an asthmatic, they may even have you blow in to get your peak flow. 
But when it comes to cough, they'll say, how's your cough doing? And how much are you coughing? And what's it sound like? And you, you know, honestly, I'm a chronic cougher. I cough 40 to 80 times a day. I've been doing it probably for over 30 years. And, and, and it's a super frustrating conversation from either side of the bed. I, I also, you know, I've been treating tuberculosis patients for over 30 years and, and cough is a hallmark of that disease. And, you know, frankly, the doctor, the patient just doesn't know. I have no idea how many times I coughed yesterday. I suspect you don't either. Mm -hmm. So, so it really the ability to quantify cough is one of the bigger challenges in managing it. And, you know, at, at, at Hife, the, the, the cough monitoring company that I'm now involved with, uh, we just aspire to do for cough what the thermometer did for fever. Mm. I mean, you wouldn't go to a doctor and have the doctor tell your doctor, yeah, I think I'm feeling a little warm and have them say like, how warm do you feel? Yes. Like, no, <laughs> they get out a thermometer and they measure it. Yes. And, I, and that's the future of cough. When you go in to see your doctor, you know, they won't ask you, they'll say, oh, show us how much you've been coughing over the last week. And how how do you do that other than just coughing right there and then? How do you show them how much you've been coughing? How well, do so, they? How can you measure it? Well, currently you can't, uh, except with um, our our app, which is a freely available consumer app. You can download it from either the Google or the Apple uh, app stores. And what our technology does is it runs in the background and it monitors sound levels. It's not listening, so it's privacy preserving. And when it hears an explosive sound, which could be a cough or a door slamming or someone clearing their throat, it, it takes a half a second of that sound and analyzes it using sophisticated, um, what's called artificial intelligence machine learning. It's the same technology that allows Google uh, photos to tell whether it's a cat or a dog. You know, we, we haven't told the software that a cough has the following characteristics. We've just given it millions and millions and millions of examples of coughs and non-coughs. And, and it's learned how to tell them apart with a high degree of precision. Wow. So the, the app just runs continuously on the back in the background on your phone and uh, and it just keeps a record of, of when and how much you're coughing. So it, 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 you just look at the app and it will give you the pattern of cough uh, over the period of time that you've been running it. Mm. I, I can imagine that would be actually excellent to add to a Fitbit. Um, yes, yeah. well, you know, we're, we think of ourselves as just a, you know, we're a small new company we've been working you know incessantly on this we're super nerdy about cough uh, <laughs> and um and 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 we know that it's an important signal and, and you know we expect that other signals will also have value but but we're not trying to be all things to all people we just right. are, are the world's best cough uh team and uh and and we will let others decide whether they want to combine this with a you know a, a real-time thermometer or an accelerometer or a Fitbit or, or whatever. So we're, we, we like to think of ourselves as just like the Google Maps. Right. Off, you know, we, you, can, you can embed our technology in a lot of tech, other technologies. And I think that, that, that's really the future of cough. So the amount that you cough a day, it, can you from there kind of maybe tell what kind of cough it is or... You know, and if and by identifying what kind of cough it is, maybe what causes it, it is is the measuring of how many times you cough um, anything significant into understanding why we're coughing. Yeah. So so right now, our app is available as a health and fitness app. We're in the process of becoming FDA cleared as a medical device. And when we get that clearance, then there'll be many, many medical applications. But for now, what we primarily see the value of our technology for the user, people who have a, a chronic cough or who cough occasionally or, or are worried about their cough is, is that it, 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 it allows them to look at how much they're coughing and examine their lifestyle and their behavior. Uh, we've had instances in which people stop smoking and their okay. cough goes way down. That's very, very motivating. 
Yeah. Uh, and then later on, we noticed their cough was sneaking back up and we called them and we're like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I relapsed. I'm smoking again. And, and, and we're like, look at how much you're coughing. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And they quit again. So, mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, allowing people to see how the, the consequences of yeah. their behavior and lifestyle impact their coughing. Uh, you know, we have athletes that who exercise outside on cold days and they, and they, and they're limited because they develop coughing fits. Uh, and and now they just know to stay inside on on cold days or or when the pollen count is very high. Yeah. So so you know for the most part, what we're currently focused on is helping people improve their health and lifestyle. We have a large number of studies. We're up to thirty seven research studies, and these are done under you know informed consent and and other protocol um, that's looking at how this information helps uh, healthcare providers. And we expect next year will will be an FDA cleared device, and 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 that then it will be used quite broadly. Right. Because one of the big challenges with cough is there's no diagnostic test for no. cough. The most, you know, most of the time when you get a cough, it's it's just a passing viral illness, and it'll it'll linger for a few days or a week, and, and then it'll be gone. And and, you know, for people who have other illnesses, it's good to know that it's going away. But that's not really the people who will most benefit from tracking their cough. It's those people who have diseases that are manifest by cough and which they want to track and say, oh, is this medicine helping? And, yeah. and in general, you know, chronic cough is which is defined as cough for more than two months is caused by three conditions, asthma post-nasal drip, and esophageal reflux. And the way that doctors distinguish between those three is by treating them and seeing if people get better. So, you know, 30 years ago when I first started coughing and I went to a primary care doctor, I don't remember it, but I'm assuming that I went in, the doctor said, well, I don't know. Sounds like it could be esophageal reflux. Take some Pepsid and, and, and let's see how you do. And and I came back probably a few months later and 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 she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a little bitter, I guess. And she goes, well, maybe it's asthma. Here, take some some inhalers. And 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 so they're doing this series of unmeasured therapeutic yeah. trials to try and figure out what's going on. Now, now, now in the future, what it will be is, you know, when you tell your doctor you have a chronic cough, they'll prescribe a cough monitor. And you can actually see whether the medicine's helping. And and so I think that's going to be a transformation in helping patients who have chronic coughs quickly find out what the underlying etiology is and which medication is really helping. And to do so in a in a in a rigorous way based on data and not just, you know, guessing feelings. Yeah. Can you describe what that third one is again? Because I understand the aspirin post-nasal drip, but that third one is to do with the esophagus? Yes, esophageal, gastroesophageal reflux, sometimes referred to as GERD, is when the lower esophageal sphincter, which separates the esophagus from the stomach, uh, has some reflux, and the acid going into the esophagus can cause cough. Um, I could get super nerdy on this, but but basically the nerves that that innervate, uh, the nerves that go to the esophagus, also go to the cough centers in the brain, ah. and your brain gets a little confused. And so mm-hmm. when you're having reflux, the brain thinks you're actually aspirating, and it causes people to cough, and and it can be quite pronounced and quite debilitating. Right. Yes. No, I, I live with an 89 year old who's just like one of the healthiest people I know and could outrun me and everything else. But she has this persistent cough and she's, you know, she's got healthy lungs, quintessentially. But, you know, when you talked about the esophagus, that's what problem that she has. And I'm just kind of thinking doesn't suffer from the post-nasal drip, which is certainly not asthmatic. And this is something that maybe when she does see her doctor, she can talk about uh, because there's something more poignant that she could talk about right well you know the sad fact is she's not uncommon her situation it's estimated that about one in ten people have a chronic cough of some sort and and one in 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 20 about five percent 
of people in North America have a refractory chronic cough means they've tried to figure it out and it just continues. And, and I think one of the reasons that, that, that we're very excited at HIFE to be measuring cough is not only is that going to help with the diagnosis, but it turns out that we're in this golden era of cough that, that, you know, the thin silver lining of COVID yes. <laughs> is that it has made people very sensitive to cough. And yeah. so, whereas it used to be people coughed in public and, and I coughed, you know, in the grocery store, no one cared. Now when I cough, people run from me. As ah! like <laughs> yes. and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's very stigmatizing, but it has raised attention. And, and at the same time, there's, uh, there's actually um, some new treatments. There's been uh, some profound understanding of why people cough, the, the specific detailed neural receptor and pathway and, and, and companies like Merck have new drugs that are coming out, which should be very effective. So, you know, up in, the last time the FDA um, endorsed, uh, approved a new cough medicine was the year before I was born. Wow. And, uh, and uh, I'll take away the suspense. I turned 63 last, last week. So, uh, you know. Oh, another Libra. I'm 68 you know, this yeah. week. <laughs> So you know it's uh, it's 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 exciting to think that science is giving us new tools, yes, and that engineering and uh, and, and acoustic epidemiology is giving us a new understanding and new tools for tracking it. And and I really do think that we're entering into an era in which people like myself who've been coughing for for decades mm -hmm. are going to be able to to both track and treat uh, their conditions. Well, when you think about, I mean, we have a, a doctor's crisis here in, in uh, BC. I think uh, several hundred thousand people without a doctor, I'm one of them. And it just is, it's a medical crisis here right now. And so when you do actually get to see either a nurse practitioner or a doctor, it's maybe two or three minutes attention. And, you know, they haven't got time to identify in a sense, you know, they want you to go in with as much information as possible. So having uh, this uh, type of equipment where you can go in and say, look, this is what I'm measuring. This is when it's happening. Because, you know, this show is called Your Health is Your Choice. We really do need to make better choices on our health or even look to what's causing the problem of our health by taking some ownership, even in the research of it. And by having this kind of app where, well, I notice I'm coughing more when I do this or when I'm in that environment, or even when I walk into a store, there must be something out there in the store that's aggravating me. Very often it could be the cleaning materials that they use, right? Yep. So if you can go into your doctor who has a couple of minutes to see you and you're the umpteenth patient that day, and you can actually give them, look, then my cough increases here and it increases there, or it gets out of control here, you're actually giving the doctor some ammunition in which he can actually target the problem. No, I totally agree. I totally agree, Sarah. And I think it's a great premise for, for the podcast. And, 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 and I think we're entering an exciting period in, in medicine. And again, a, maybe a silver lining of the COVID uh, pandemic mm -hmm. is an increased awareness in the need to put patients first, that, yes. that, that healthcare in the future will be in, inevitably increasingly patient focused. So yeah. it's, it, you know, it will be the patients themselves who identify the issues. And then Rather than calling your doctor, getting an appointment in a few months, having seven minutes to explain it, and then following their advice, we'll be using continuous data that comes from our lifestyle that's recorded through things like at the Fitbit and the Hype app, and, and using that to understand our own bodies with an intensity that even the most compassionate physician doesn't bring to the equation. Right. And, 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 and understanding, as you say, that, wow, look, when I do this, that happens. Yeah. So I'm not going to do this. Or maybe that means that something else is going on. And, and the combination of patient centricity and passively generated data is going to allow each of us mm -hmm. to, to personalize our own care before we even get to the doctor. Well, really, we should and be when focusing we get to the on doctor, wellness. I think, yeah. Yes, exactly, focusing yeah. on wellness. And then when we get to the, to the healthcare providers, 
you know, we will be better prepared to bring the data that they need to be most of help to us. The important thing is, I think, that people need to understand today is, um, you know, doctors are not there to be wave the magic wand. Very often they have no idea what the problem is or they could be so multi-leveled with the way that we live today and so many things. Um, the more we take ownership of our own health, which, you know, our well-beingness, mind, body, heart and soul, you know, and in the spirit of, of looking after ourselves and paying attention to what's causing problems, making sure we do eat healthy, exercise and just really have a sense of joy over living. I think is already a very good ingredient to have in our life and will help us um, identify really the things that are nagging and are wrong rather than focusing on nothing. And then there's multiple things wrong and you have no idea how to identify it because they're layered on top of each other. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally, I totally hear it. And, you know, I think you're right. We're learning that lifestyle is so important Huge. in maintaining wellness. And, and I would only add the other perspective because, you know, in addition to being a chronic cough, I, I am a physician. And, and, and for example, I ran the outpatient uh, infectious disease clinic. I was one of the clinic directors at Stanford university for a decade. And, and, you know, by the time patients came to see us, they were complicated. Yes. You know, layers and layers of different organs having problems, different conditions compounding each other. And, and the patient's uh, perspective on that was super, super important. But, but we're just limited in terms of how much we can remember or, or what we can notice. And that's where I think, you know, having home blood pressure monitoring for patients who for whom blood pressure is hard to control and it's it'll and and and, and for them to understand well you know it's like after i eat a chinese uh, meal yeah. with a bunch of salt the next morning my blood pressure is high those kinds of things and then and then and you know that's what we aspire to see happen in the world of cough as well mm. Um, you know, I've I've had some numerous health problems through my life because I've had this since the age of two and a few other things as well. Um, and, in, you know, it's kind of one of those things you book a dentist appointment because the tooth is killing you. When you get there, it stops killing you. Right. You know, which tooth is it? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, and you go to a doctor and it's like, oh, you're only allowed to talk about three things or one thing. And it's well, which one is more important? And, you know, you don't know if one is symptom of the other or this is the root cause that's causing all of this. And you just have no idea how it to go in and actually articulate what the problem is. Um, and so having something that actually is this is this, that is that, that causes this, this causes that. And I would suggest write it down hand it over as a sheet of paper to your doctor, let him actually read it. And from there he can, even if you can email it ahead of the time, so he can actually look at it, you know, be time efficient. So when he actually does get to see you, he's actually deduced maybe what the problem is. The other scale of the thing is, I am a chronic asthmatic, so I know when I'm in bronchitis. And I got a very bad case of bronchitis, had to go to the emergency because I have no doctor. Fortunately, I had a doctor there I see you're asthmatic, how long, you know, nearly 46 years. How long have you had bronchitis in nearly 46 years? Uh, well, like clearly it's not COVID, it's bronchitis because he respected, I knew my own body <coughs> and what my body was telling me. So I think it's a two-way street. Do your due diligence as to, to how you can articulate what the problem is. But on the other side of the doctors, if a patient has been living with something long enough or they've come in with some information, honor that information as well. And don't play higher hierarchy. Well, I'm the doctor here, you know, because it really is a relationship, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, despite all of this uh, technology that I, I, I've been has been such a big part of my life, at the end of the day, there's no replacing a compassionate physician right. uh, who who can um, who can really relate with patients and help them to understand and address the issues that they're having. I, that's, that goes without saying, but, you know, I, you know, I also just think that part of that is the quality of the information that's being transmitted. So, so for example, I just, uh, three, four months ago, I was diagnosed with COVID. I, you know, diagnosed myself with COVID. I, you know, I had the symptoms, did the test, 
boom. And, and I called my healthcare provider and I said, you know, I'd like some packs of it. And they're like, well, you know, and of course my healthcare provider is, is a, uh, is an 800 number that, uh, <laughs> that I was talking to somebody who I'd never spoken with right. before or since. Uh, and they're like, well, I'm just looking at your record. You're not old enough, uh, to be at high risk. I'm like, well, but I'm a coffer. And they're like, yeah, everyone coughs. I'm like, no, no, look at this. And I showed them the app and, and, and you could see that I had gone from my 80 coughs the day before up to 400 coughs. Wow. And, 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 and that was that, like the bells went off, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you really do have a cough. I was like, <laughs> yes, I do. And it wasn't that they didn't believe me. It's that, that, you know, cough is a little bit like pain. You know? Yes. It says I'm in severe pain. I don't know as a provider what that means, because mm. what's severe to me might be nothing to you. And, and so being able to quantify that I had 400 coughs mm. allowed that conversation to go so much better. And we both hung up the phone feeling better about each other rather than if if she had assumed that you know my uh, my cough was just you know an embellishment or if i had you know been frustrated because i didn't feel heard so i i do think that that it's about the right encounter between an informed patient and a compassionate provider it's about having the time and the 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 resources to have that conversation and and importantly it's about conveying the right data yeah and on both sides both sides you know both sides are of the coin i mean you know i know that mold can really aggravate a cough or it can cause a cough and you know let's face it um we both live in rainy areas where there's bound to be a lot of mold and sometimes it's just unavoidable so you know what do you do in a situation like that is there anything that you can actually take that can combat that or are you having to kind of move to a sterile place where there aren't any mold because it really does become something that well how the hell do you deal with this issue yeah well you know i I, and and i think you know mold is definitely an issue I think it might get blamed for a lot of things that are other because there are a lot of other issues in our lives that, that can cause the coffee. And so it, it may be the mold. It, it may actually just be pollen in the air. It could be, you know, that uh, your, you know, my wife is uh, using nail polish remover. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, somebody down in the kitchen cooking spicy food. Uh, you know, there are lots of different yeah. things that can can set off coughing. And and so again, it's 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 being able to see patterns over time. Right. And so uh, so basically, having this app, if you're suddenly noticing, I coughed a lot more at that time. What was going on? And it helps yes, you kind they, of define exactly what was going on or where I was at that time. Yep. Uh, you know that okay, that's clearly a trigger. Why is it a trigger? You can do your own investigation. Let's all be little sleuths and kind of work out really what the issue is. Can we avoid it? And if we can't avoid it, what can we do with it? Because is there different type of medication for different type of coughs? Well, yeah, for sure. And um, first of all, cough is a manifestation of some diseases. So if you have congestive heart failure, and and you get fluid overloaded and the and the you know fluid backs up in your lung that will cause you to cough and the best treatment for that cough is to is some lasix or some diuretic to get your that fluid extra fluid out of your lungs and when you do that your cough will go away promptly mm-hmm. uh so you know is lasix a cough medicine yes for some people it is uh, right you know but but for other people, cough is is a manifestation of infections like the like bronchitis, bronchiectasis. There's a, a long list of of common and 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 somewhat odd bacteria, these so-called non-tuberculous mycobacteria, which are particularly problematic in in women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, and and you know there the question is. Can you kill those bacteria or change the, the, the problems in the anatomy of the lungs that gives them a fertile soil? Mm-hmm. And that's complicated. But, yeah. but, you know, any all of that would be in no small part focused on decreasing cough. And then at the end of the day, you know, you get these common causes like, you know, GERD, which can be treated with acid reducing agents. You have 
uh, asthma, which, as you know, is treated largely with bronchodilators. Uh, you have um, post-nasal drip, which can be treated with over-the-counter antihistamines. You know, there are a lot of common causes of cough, which can be treated with over-the-counter medications. And, and, and but, but for then there, you're left with this, this unfortunate group that we call refractory chronic cough, which means you've tried everything and they're mm -hmm. still coughing. And that's where the excitement is right now in drug development, mm -hmm. uh, because we now understand that there's a neural hypersensitivity, almost like chronic pain where people are just, they're, they're, they're dialed yes. up to DEVCON 6 or whatever. Hypersensitivity, yes. Yeah, so a mild, mild stimulus that most people wouldn't be bothered by causes me to yes. cough. And, 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 and this new drug that, that is before the FDA right now, Jiffy Pixant, is, is, is an interesting uh, new in class molecule. And, and if it works, this could be of great help to many of us. I know that um, a couple of years ago, I went back to have my lungs tested and they said, yep, you have asthma. I, said, I could have told you that. Um, and they said, it's chronic. It's got worse and it's only going to get worse as you get older. And I've noticed that where my ventilum really used to work, uh, you know, now I have to increase on and doesn't always work first time. And it's like, well, there isn't anything else. So you're just going to have to live with it. And it's, you know, that's not the kind of thing an asthmatic wants to hear, you know, um, that I'm only going to get worse. And, uh, you know, I like chasing around my 18-month-old grandson. Um, I don't want to be huffing and puffing, et cetera, like that. Do you think there are different kind of medications going to come down the road that is going to be more of an equalizer? Because, yes, I have the fibro, which is hypersensitivity that goes along with that as well. Um, or, I, or is it just, well, if it doesn't work, hard luck? No, I'm a, I'm a, look, I caught, I, I, I started my life as a healthcare provider at UCSF, the start of the AIDS epidemic. And then I moved down to Stanford and provided subspecialty care and did research on tuberculosis and then moved to Seattle where I built and ran the TV program for the Gates Foundation through all of that time that I was seeing patients I was, I'm always optimistic. I, I think that, that, you know, if with the right doctor patient relationship, there is always a way to make things better or to help patients to live with what conditions they're left with. And, and I, and so I think, you know, telling a patient you're only going to get worse <laughs> it's pretty crummy medicine in my mind. It's uh, it's it's a not true, and it's and it's b uh, it's it's not it's not the right way to help people. No, through difficult times. No, no. It, I, it, I'm not saying you 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 know you 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 deceive people, but I I, I do think that you know there are ways there of telling so things. often there is another. Thing that can be tried and and in in this case it's it's amazing how much has been learned about the biology of cough in the last decade which has enabled a whole new class of medicine that's going to help people who have been up until now kind of like bouncing around primary care docs to gi docs to end docs to asthma allergists to pulmonologists mm -hmm. and back to the primary care i mean it's the the the, the shuffle that happens yes. in the healthcare system with someone who has a severe refractory chronic cough is is uh, is horrible. It's horrible for the patient. It's yeah, it feels like you're just on a conveyor belt. Like this one, this one, this one, and yeah. And you know, there is there are numerous amount of people that actually die from the diagnosis rather than the disease, uh, because maybe the way it's delivered or just that they, there is no hope and they give up. So the more we can actually empower a patient to actually. Um, let us work together and together we we can give you the the best quality of life you know i think is a is the boost for the patient that the patient needs to feel they're not alone that there is a caring compassionate doctor on the other end that's willing to try things to help you you know manage because we know with a cough no it's not going to go away we have to manage it we have to know what triggers it. We have to manage it. Um, and maybe then there's a medication that can certainly help uh, deal with it. But very rarely it's, it's going to go away completely, is it? It's, it's going to be there. 
Yeah, you know, and and I think also what's becoming clear is that even when folks like myself have a chronic cough, it doesn't mean that every day is the same. Yeah. And in fact, we have good days and bad days. And sometimes a bad day is just a bad day. And sometimes a bad day is the start of a cough exacerbation, maybe caused by viral illness or something, who knows, that can last for months. And and I know if I take medicine early in that, mm. that it can shorten that time period. And and but it's always, you know, for me, it's it's taking oral steroids, which which I hate. You know, it, yeah. it, it makes me a little hypomanic, it, it makes it hard for me to sleep. Um, and uh and 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 so being able to know promptly if my cough is really getting worse or I'm just having a bad day, I mean, these are the kinds of of problems which become statistical issues mm. when you have the right data and yes. takes the burden off of me as a patient going like, yeah, I think guess, I'm getting forward. I should call my dog. Nah, it's probably not. It's not worth calling him. It's, you know, it's going to take me 15 minutes to get through the, the phone tree anyhow. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then, you know, the avoidance comes into it. Like my brother just had a massive heart attack because now it's just indigestion until my sister rushed him off to hospital oh, <laughs> now no. four stents oh, later, you know, um, because, you know, for him, it's he, he in England, he can't actually see his doctor. It's all done by phone. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there is just no you know rapport there at all. Let's have a look at COVID. It's not going away at all. Um, it's going to raising its ugly head again. Again, my brother on top of his heart disease, kidney and prostate got COVID. Um, so one of his operations was canceled because of it. And he really was sick, really, really was sick. I thought I may have to get on a flight to go over. Um, it's not going away. But at the same time, we don't want to isolate ourselves, you know, from life. You know, we've been there, done that. We know that it's not very good for us on many other levels. So how... <coughs> How does someone actually can protect themselves other than the mask or, you know, um, maybe being in big crowds and things like this? Is there anything to do with strengthening the lungs or strengthening? I'm already taking echinacea every day to try and boost the immune system. I've known a great deal of it too is also the mindset. If you're going to go out there and worry, you know, the worry is going to eventually come to you. So what do you advise? I think the science is, is quite clear that first and foremost, uh, immunity helps. And yeah. so getting vaccinated and staying up to date boosters will probably reduce your likelihood of getting sick, but certainly reduce the likelihood that the illness will be problematic. Yeah. And um, I think the second thing is that we know masks work. Yeah. And that... Um, you know, N95 masks work better than surgical masks, which work better than cloth masks. And so depending on, um, you know, how risky the environment is and, and how serious you are about prevention, you should be wearing a mask at various points in time. And uh, I uh, and then I, I the other thing is, I think we have a really we're all learning a lot about aerobiology and the airborne transmission of pathogens. And you know, you don't need to be a scientist uh, to, I was, I was, I flew back from Boston yesterday. I was in Logan airport and, you know, there was jammed in with a eight foot ceiling, no ventilation. Yeah. You know, it was just I'm like, Whoa, this, this is <laughs> terrible. And, and I pulled out an N95 mask and I put it on. And when I got through security and I was walking around in these big spacious rooms, you know, of the, of the terminal, I, I, I relax. So I think that, you know, understanding a little bit about how transmission is, is promoted by by crowding, stale air, if you will. Yes. Um, you know, these are the things that I know we can do that will prevent COVID. And 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 I think that that it's 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 becoming more, you know, it's 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 a norm now that when people know they're sick, that they'll isolate and stay home. It used to be used to be a point of pride that despite having a cold, yes. you still went to work. And th those days are over. Those days are definitely over. And, uh, and of course, many people are working from home now, too, especially more vulnerable people saying, well, I'm just going to work from home, and, you know, and that way I'm at less at risk. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that I did a show on when COVID first came out is common sense, people, please, common sense. Just as if somebody has a cold, 
you don't want to be around them. Or if you have a cold, you don't really want to impose this on anyone else. Now, your boss used to give you a hard time. Now, we can't tell the difference between a cold or COVID. We cough, we automatically think. We get a cold, we automatically think. As you said, you cough somewhere and everybody goes, ah, COVID, right? So I think in a lot of ways, maybe assume. You know, this could be COVID, isolate, <laughs> right? But you should be isolating with the cold anyway, because you don't want to give it to everyone else. And you do need to rest and have warm fluids and everything else in order for your own body to be able to fight it and heal itself. This whole thing of push, push, push through it, I think just weakens the immune system altogether. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, important. So you've got the people that have, you know, the various coughs, obviously the allergy coughs and things like this. So what this app does is identifies when you're coughing the most. And then it's for you to kind of pay attention as to where, where you were, what you were doing at that time. Um, I would imagine it's really, really handy for people who are, you know, uh, getting back into exercise or doing certain exercises and noting that there's some ex exercises that are aggravating them. Um, that maybe that's not the exercise for you. Uh, maybe aquatic is better uh, because you haven't got the dust that you're bringing up all the time while you're jogging in the gym or whatever. So again, back to your health is your choice is that the more we take ownership of our own health and be aware of what's causing the problems, the easier it is for a doctor to actually diagnose the problem and find a solution. And again, sometimes there may not be an easy solution. It may be just learning to manage it and not putting yourselves in those arenas that aggravate that cough. Well said. <laughs> so, you know, the app, um, readily available for everybody? Yeah, freely available. Uh, just go to the uh, Android or iOS app store and search uh, uh, cough monitor, Put in the word hyph uh, and H-Y-F-E. Uh, it's a simple four-letter word. And um, and it'll pop up, download it, and off you go. I'm certainly going to be doing that because um, uh, we, uh, we are in autumn. My father used to say he knew every season from the, my reaction of my cough, you know, my asthma or anything else that came up. And we are in that transitional phase and my body automatically goes and reacts to that. And um, it, it's very hard to identify. Is it a tree? Is it this? Is it that? And it's like sometimes you've just got to weather through this. There is no other solution other than to weather through it because it's the changing of the seasons. But again, back to taking accountability for our own health and understanding what the various coughs are and being our own little sleuth of, um, okay, when I wore this fabric, I coughed more, right? You yeah, know? yeah, or ate this food. I mean, yes. You know, I think uh, if, if you start seeing that you're coughing, particularly after large or spicy meals, that would make me wonder whether it could be this gastroesophageal reflux. And, you know, you don't need a GI doctor to, to, to try and eat smaller meals and see or right. eat less spicy food and see if your cough goes away. And, you know, that that that's the kind of, uh, you know, health and, and fitness, wellness focused yeah. approaches that that this that this app enables. And of course, there's so many um, we call alternative medicine out there, which quite honestly has been around longer than Western medicine anyway, that, you know, if we look to the right nutrients in our body and again, experiment, you know, does vitamin C help me if I take this for a period of time? You know, right now I've been for the least of the last month taking echinacea every day because this is the time of year I generally get sick in this time of change. So it's boost your immune system up and give it a fighting chance. And if you know that X, Y, and Z is going to aggravate it, don't do X, Y, and Z. So, you know, that's the important. Yeah. We don't want everyone to be running for a drug, right? If you can learn to manage your health, know what aggravates the cough, uh, know what situation. I, mean, I would imagine tension. When you get over tense, everything about you tightens up, the lungs tighten up, that can aggravate a cough. So learning to take the deep breath and to relax the body, you know, um, same when you have an asthma attack, what do we do? Just to uh, try and breathe, try and calm down, let the, let the lungs and the spasm get back into sync again. Um, 
it's taking management over our own body and understanding there are so many other ways rather than rushing for a drug uh, to manage it. And the drug should be the last resource. Um, to, uh, and if it's the only thing that can help you, c'est la vie. But maybe there's many other things you can do as well. Well, and, and, and when you're taking it, knowing that it's actually helping. Yes. So, you know, yes. I think many of actually cough, gauge it. Yes. Yeah. Many cough medicines that are over the counter don't have good science mm. uh, to support them. So but if you take them and your cough gets better, great. If you take them and your cough doesn't get better, it's mm. not that there's something wrong with you. It's that this is not a this this particular drug doesn't work for you. And that's often the case. And, you know, all, all and I'm talking now about, you know, all these over-the-counter cough medicines that are, are such a such a big business. And we've got to remember that, folks. They are big business, and we don't know what's in them, and we don't know whether it suits us or not. And again, back to being the sleuth of our own bodies. You know, if that medicine's not working, then clearly it's not for you. Um, maybe try something else. Uh, it, it's due diligence, right? Due diligence. And, and mostly is... If you can avoid putting yourself in a situation that's going to cause a cough, that's the best thing you can do. Not always obtainable, but at least, you know, don't subject yourself to the thing that's going to aggravate the cough. You know, I worked uh, for the Gates Foundation for two years in Delhi. I moved my family there uh, after working at the foundation for about a decade and was working with the government on their TV program. And and there was a fantastic spice market that every uh, every friend who came to visit would want to visit. And um, boy, it turns out that capsaicin, which is essentially red pepper, is one of the most potent cough stimulants. And uh, when I walked through where they were selling those peppers, I went into a massive coughing fit that would just last, you know, I, my cough would be aggravated for a week. Mm. Uh, and and it was it, it you know just a one example and and you know I, I I it was so profound I really didn't need a cough monitor but had it been less profound mm. and I, you know what I I just I just broke away from I'd be like okay these next two rooms you can go visit yourself I'm staying out yes. here and yes made all the difference yes exactly you're taking ownership over your own health here, yes. right you you know why subject yourself to something exactly your choice uh, i'm a great advocate for you know being a person who's had this for nearly 66 years and numerous other complications and things through my life i've always taken the approach of before i go the western medicine if you know if i can avoid that and go other ways and only rely on the western medicine for the the last resort of the and i have to have ventolin you know, if I'm in an asthma attack, that's the only thing that's going to help me. And I recognize that. And I have to have acid reflux pills because if I'm not, I'm going to be double trouble. So when you recognize, yes, these are these are things that I have to, it's sensible. Why am I not taking them? But there's so many other things that you can do for your body. And, you know, less stress, what activities aggravate, which activities are better, what foods are better for you, uh, you know, just also your environment and people in your environment you know i would imagine a great deal of people start coughing when that chest tightens up when they're getting upset you know with people around them so pay attention pay attention to that app what's causing it please write it down keep keep a, a journal there and look back you know oh that's what's aggravating that's improved now or this has got worse be your own sleuth, you know, do your own due diligence. It's so you come up with this wonderful app that can do that. I've got a Fitbit and I can tell you, my son bought it for me three years ago and I rely on it to know A, my steps, but also my sleep pattern because I know mm -hmm. that's the effect of, you know, my health on the day, that sleep pattern. So having something now that can actually tell me what aggravates my, my asthma is going to be a godsend. So yes, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, are there are any different type of medications that are going to come out that are going to be better. That's great. I'm willing to try them. But avoidance, right? Avoidance of what's causing the problem in the first place. That's the first common sense there. So people can get the app from your site uh, where they can download it, right? But um, they can download it from, from Google Play Store or anything like that on there. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage people to go to our website, uh, which uh, you can find just Google Hyfe, H-Y-F-E, cough, 
and we'll pop right up. Uh, and uh, you can either link through there to the webs, uh, to the stores, to the to the app stores, or you can go directly to the app stores and search for Hive there. But either way works. Uh, we put a lot of time into our our um, website. We we think it gives a lot of interesting information. So encourage people to check that out. Uh, just Google Hyfe H Y F E and you'll be there. Exactly. And of course, people can find you, Peter Small, on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's um, Hyfe app. And same with Instagram and the same with Twitter, um, Hive app. And they can find all about it there. And, uh, um, you know, just I love the way technology and health, you know, comes together. You know, a lot of people are opposed to technology. No, it's absolutely brilliant in detection where we as human beings can only see so much and we rely on various technical beautiful apparatuses that can help us define the real problem when we know what the real problem is we really now have the empowerment to look for the solution most of the time we don't know what the problem is so how can we find a solution so thank you for developing this app and uh, whatever else you're going to develop in the future well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on your show. And, uh, and, and I love the concept that, you know, your health really is your choice and, uh, and information uh, can help make smarter choices. Exactly. And it's not about running and getting somebody else fixing you. It's about you taking responsibility for your own health. And a doctor is there to assist you assist you you're in a partnership with your doctor right not there to wave a magic wand so you know do your due diligence know what your pro problem is go in with the data uh, but pay attention to what's going on around you at the time that you have that coughing fit so thank you so much peter for sharing with us All today right. take care sarah thanks so much for having me on the show my pleasure until next time folks remember your health is your choice this is another wonderful, wonderful thing that you can download that can really measure your cough, even if you really aren't a person that coughs very much. But just now and again, it can help eliminate those allergies by you avoiding being taking, doing or being in that area. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows. And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You'll see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment. <laughs>